This is a Full Circle Podcast with 360 Preps. I am your host, Joshua Hart. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at the 2020 girls basketball season, including a breakdown of all four local girls basketball leagues. We'll also give our must-see players to watch. So that's what's on tap for episode 19 of the Full Circle Podcast. Meg, last season was a busy season for girls basketball in Clark County. There was two champions. Uh, Does your biggest storyline entering this season focus on Prairie and Washougal? It's hard-pressed not to. You look at what Hala Corral has done um, in her time at Prairie. This is the first state championship for Prairie under Coach Corral. And and on the flip side, you look at what Washougal is doing under head coach Brittany Irvin, just her second year already a state champion with Beyonce B, who's now graduated and playing extended time and and minutes over at the University of Idaho. But there's a lot of weapons returning from both those teams, but there's a lot more that have – either graduated or no longer on the rosters. And so that's what's going to be key is can Prairie and Washougal make another postseason run? Yeah, that's what I'm most curious about as well is where do they go after their state championships? Um, They do lose some key pieces, and uh, early results say Washougal might be be okay. They obviously have a ton of talent returning. They're going to be able to do things a little differently. Um, Their offense was so centered around Beyonce that they have to do things a little differently, and that might make them um, a different-looking team, and it might make them uh, more challenging in certain ways and less challenging in others. I think the, the, the bigger concern probably in in repeating is the Prairie Falcons some of their early results they're clearly um, still trying to find that right chemistry after after losing you know uh, three three key starters to graduation another to, to uh, transfer back to Alaska so um, that that's going to be a, a work in progress but when you win a league title 2020 22 consecutive years I give you the benefit of the doubt that you'll probably be able to figure it out I will say this about Prairie and and it's going to be harder if you if we had to pick you know who has maybe a a better path a better chance to possibly make a deep run I would say Washougal but with Prairie again we touch on that the storied success of this program with 22 league titles in a row this is perhaps the least experienced returning Prairie team that won a state championship from the year ago Allie Corral, a senior point guard, a tremendous point guard, a very good defensive player. She's the only returning starter back from that team. And Coach Corral has just four returning varsity players from that team. So you have a very inexperienced team coming back. But also on the flip side, so many of those players don't have a whole lot of varsity experience. So that's what's going to be key for Prairie. Right. right. And we'll get more into Prairie later when we get into the 3A Greater St. Helens League. But let's start at the 4A GSHL. And I think there's a clear front runner in this league, um, even though there's uh, probably three or four pretty talented teams. I think there's been established clear front runner through this early preseason. I do. And, and that's got to be Union. Uh, what they've done early, I know they took a tough uh, two point loss to Bellarmine last week. That was their first loss of the season. But up to that point, had a lot of impressive victories. I think the one that sold me on Union was beating number one ranked Glacier Peak at the 3A level. That was an impressive victory down here as part of a kind of a home and home back to back series. Um, at Prairie's gym as well as unions, but that really kind of solidified me as, hey, this is this is a union team that's for real, and this is the team that's only a program that's only been to the Tacoma Dome 
once, and now it's just a couple of years ago. So this is a, a team that I think could have a chance to really play for a state trophy come March. Right. They have a lot of guards, um, a lot of really good guards, and there's some that even come off the bench that could probably start on other teams um, in the area. But um, you, you have to look at that guard-heavy roster. They also have a, a transfer from Utah that will solidify the post. Um, that's going to be a team that's really tough to beat. But Skyview and Camus, I think, are going to provide some some pretty stiff challenges right behind them in that league because of, because of how much talent both those teams boast. It's going to be a really interesting for a GSHL. No, absolutely. And, there, and there's three playoff spots to the by-district tournament. I think really the race is t- for, for second place. you got to remember there's only eight league games in the 4A Greater St. Helens League. And so you take one loss in the league standings and all of a sudden your playoff um, chances take a significant dip. But I like what Faith Bergstrom is doing at Camus. She's a true 6-2 post player. She's really, really come a long ways in her time at Camus. And, and she's really has the, the paper makers playing at a really high level right now. And Skyview is back and healthy. They had they started 11 and 0 last year before injuries kind of derailed their season. But they're a team that that led by Kaz Parks. They do have a lot of talent. Uh, Addie McPherson is back um, after a knee injury kept her out last season. So they're back and healthy. They're really starting to gel as a group. This isn't a team that has a ton of depth, but their front end talent, if they can all stay out of foul trouble and stay on the court and be conditioned, can compete with anybody in the area. And, and Coach Brett Johnson said. This is going to be really fun this year because I he believes that the the top three teams in this league have the chance to all make the dome. I agree. And if yes. the things broke out broke down the right way, if they if they avoid early matchups in the by district uh, playoffs, they might be able to all three get there, and that would be a, a true testament to the strength of this 4A Greater St. Helens League this year. And you mentioned Coach Brett Johnson, and when you think of what he's done at Skyview, and even in his time at Prairie before Hala Corral took over, is his he prides so much of his teams on defense. They're always going to be a defensively sound team, and, and I think this is going to be another strength for Skyview this year. Right. The, then there's, there's a heritage team that, that's going to take some lumps because they're, they're fairly young, but they have Katie Penuetta um, leading that offense, and they have some young freshmen that are going to make a difference. That I, I would not be surprised to see them surprise a team or two because of the talent of Katie Penuetta, and we'll talk about her a little bit more later on this episode. But they're, they're a team that I would definitely – pay attention to and and not forget about and then there's battleground who's kind of undergoing a little bit of another transition year under uh coach dave mcintosh so um that kind of rounds out the 4a greater st helens league the 3a greater st helens league is a wide open three horse race and for the first time in years we talked about prairie's 22 straight league titles Mm -hmm. for the first time in many years this league is wide open and at first we thought it was prairie and hudson's bay i think kelso is in that conversation now i do and i you've seen natalie fraley a sophomore for kelso more than i have but it sounds like she's the real deal and this could be a chance for kelso to really kind of make that next level jump under Jen Hamilton. They've been close the past couple of years. We've kind of seen that with the Lassies, but this might be their best chance to knock off 22-time defending league champions. Yeah, uh, I, I, I still picked Prairie as the favorite in our winter tab. Um, like I said, they have had some early struggles this season. Hudson's Bay still has a Nia Hampton out. She's expected to come back at some point in January, and that makes that team have even more depth. They have two freshmen that are going to make a huge impact. They have uh, Mountain View transfer Peyton Ballard, and, and then they have their their three stars from last year. So uh, that's going to be a team that I think a lot of people are picking as the favorite in this league. Um, I, I have them at number two. I think there will be some inconsistencies as, the, as Anaya works back into that lineup, but that's a super talented team 
team. And, and like you said, Natalie Fraley is the real deal. She's stronger this year. That, that It was immediate when you when I saw her out of Jamboree earlier this season that she had grown a couple inches, that she was stronger. Um, she is just a really talented player. And, and they also have Alexis Clevin, who's been just a, a knockdown shooter and, and, a, and a talented ball handler for, for several years now. Um, you know, she's finally in her senior season. And I remember covering her as a, as a little freshman. And um, that team continues to grow. So I, it's a wide open race. And if any one of those teams won it, I would not be shocked. No, and, and league play starts uh, at the first week of January. And all of a sudden, yeah, the first maybe two, three games, we could see some big upsets right. on the girls' side in the right. three GSHL. Unfortunately, the bottom three teams in this league uh, have have their work cut out for them. They're all kind of in transition years. We mentioned Peyton Ballard transferring away from Mountain View, and so they take a hit. They also uh, lose Deja Wilson to transfer to Columbia River. So Mountain View is going to have their transition as they have a new coach out there as well. Evergreen and Fort Vancouver are still working to build that program, but they both look like they're having fun out there, and I think both coaches have really emphasized um, how important that is to get those programs back on track. I'm already impressed with what Caleb Dressler has done at, at Evergreen. He was the interim coach last year when there was kind of some some coaching shakeups, kind of mid uh, early and mid season. But they've already got a win under their belt over an impressive victory uh, on the road against Mark Morris. So um, he stressed kind of wanting to bring fun back into this team and fun back into the game of basketball and. It's off to a pretty good start right right now. And our Lisa Hinton's group, too, uh, is clearly much improved, and she has that program headed in the right direction. And you can tell by the way she speaks, she's really excited to see where this group goes. Mm -hmm. So um, neither one of those teams, you know, are are complete walkovers by any stretch. They're going to compete, and they're going to compete hard. Um, The 2A Greater St. Helens League, uh, Washougal obviously ran away with it last year en route to their state championship. I imagine they still have to be the favorites. No, they do. And it starts with the B cousins, Jaden B and, and Skyler B. You've got three returning starters and about five players who saw significant minutes on a, a team that made a, a deep run to win its first state championship. But there's a lot of competition in, in that league, and I think it starts with Woodland as well. I know Peyton Foster suffered a foot injury. She hasn't played the last couple weeks. Whether or not she returns, I think that will be a, a big factor in whether or not Woodland can challenge Washougal for a league title. Right. And the fun thing about Washougal, um, that, that Brittany Irvin, uh, formerly Knotts, she got married this offseason, um, was talking about was this finally feels like her group. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a group that she's kind of grown with. You know, Beyonce was the coach before her. That that class was the coach before her. This feels like hers. And, and they're, they're, they're bonded in that way. And it seems like that, that chemistry is going to help them early on until they find the right pieces of who goes where, wh- whose roles are what. Um, in who needs to be that leading scorer, who has to take on that more Beyonce-type role where they can just take over a game. And they're starting to figure that stuff out, and I think they're going to be a team that improves as the season goes along. You talk about Woodland, they're the most athletic team Yes. In, in hands, the, hands in the down. league. Yes. Uh, yes. None of there's very outside of Peyton Foster. None of them are basketball first players. They're softball players. They're track and field athletes. They're they're all going to college. Yes. None of them for basketball. And a couple of them, Kaylee Christensen, Nicole Guthrie, are Division One athletes in other sports. Right. Just not basketball. Right. So it's going to be an interesting task to, for Glenn Flanagan to take those athletes and you know give them the basketball right. skills and, and wherewithal to, to make a difference in this league. They, they've obviously been able to be competitive for the last several years. You have to wonder 
if Peyton Foster comes back, if this is the year they make that final leap, um, I think they have the potential to do so. The other team that I think will be really, really interesting to watch is Columbia River. Led by Jordan Ryan, they have Deja Wilson also in that mix now. Uh, they are a team that c- you know can compete every night, and with Jordan Ryan, they're, they're g- always going to be close. And I will say this, Jordan Ryan, uh, a four-year varsity player, three-year starting point guard. I think what will be key for Columbia River – Again, kind of making that next step. If, if Sydney Flores Tucker, an all-league guard for them last year, returns in time to kind of help make that postseason push. She, she tore her ACL uh, over the offseason in the summertime, and whether or not she's cleared in time will make a big impact. For the Chieftains. It, it, exactly. And I know she's eager to get back and, and they expect her to potentially be back at some point in January. That could be great for the, the stretch run. Um, R.A. Long is looking to, to make the playoffs for the first time in a while under coach Jan Karnowski. And uh, they lose Easton Reeves. And she's, you know, the, the all-time leading R.A. Long scorer. Uh, she was just this bulldog point guard. And you think, okay, maybe maybe they take a take a step back. That's not the case based on early season results. This is a team that can run the floor. Bobby Clark is a great six-foot post that that can run. And they have a, a transfer from North Carolina who's making a difference. Uh, um, Miranda Lomax is a great point guard. She's able to dish the ball. She's not as much of a scorer as her predecessor, but she's able to distribute a little bit better. Uh, that's going to be a team I think is is kind of primed for a playoff position, and they'll be competing with Hawkinson. Yes, for a that, team they just beat that. last yeah. week in an impressive um, league opening victory for coach Karnofsky and that that goes a long way when for for confidence building with such a young group if you can get an impressive victory over a very feisty Hawkinson team I think that goes a long way and that was a Hawkinson team we talked about on this podcast impressed us early on right you know with that defense and they're a young Hawkinson team but they're going to they're going to cause teams trouble Mm -hmm. and no no time you play Hawkinson is it going to be an easy night for you. So that's going to be the, I think those those two teams are going to be battling for that kind of final final playoff spot. Um, you know of those top four GSHL teams, Ridgefield and Mark Morris. Um, Mark Morris, I don't think will go winless again. I don't. I think they have a win early this year. I do. Yes, uh, they snapped a what was it twenty two game 22 losing streak chain, dating back to the end streak. of the uh, so twenty seventeen season. They're going to improve, but they're still probably a year or two away. Ridgefield under new coach Billy McKinney, um, they basically have a, a brand new team. Ali Andrew decided to to focus on volleyball, and so they basically have their junior varsity team that Billy McKinney ran last year pretty much playing varsity. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to take their lumps um, in that 2A Greater St. Helens League. Um, the 1A Trico League, I think, is a little down this year. Uh, the the you know typical Le center of the world that, that has kind of ruled the roost in recent years was dethroned by Kingsway Christian last year. I would expect Kingsway Christian to again be the favorite. Oh, absolutely. They, they had a, a tremendous breakout, really a, a banner year for the Knights. Um, Abby Cummins is a tremendous athlete. She was an all-league setter. I believe she was a co-offensive league MVP um, in volleyball in the fall season. But this is kind of her show a little bit now. Uh, Mackenzie Ellertson, who had a tremendous freshman season playing soccer at Washington State, getting them to the Women's College Cup last month. But this is kind of her 
for time to shine a little bit, especially offensively. Right. And behind them, um, behind the Knights, you have probably a Stevenson team uh, led by Katie Rathgaber uh, that's going to make some waves in that league. And, and the center, even though they're taking their lumps early, could be a team that ends up competing. There's just been so much turnover this year. It's kind of hard to say, you know, where the, the that order finishes. But it's kind of an unfortunate year for the Trico with only two spots coming out of the district into the regional round. You have to figure that Elma and Montesano are probably going to take those spots out of the Evergreen right year in and year out those teams in the 1A Evergreen League traditionally have have fared better in the postseason um, than than the Trico League but yeah that is that's absolutely brutal getting two spots out of districts isn't it right yeah that's really tough especially for a a six-team league like the Trico Um, rounding out that league are going to be some competitive teams Uh, White Salmon Seton Catholic and Castle Rock are are all they're not shabby. They, they, they have some talent. White Salmon has really impressed coaches in the offseason just with some of their youth and, and size. Um, Seton Catholic's going to be a defensive-oriented uh, team. They're going to trap. They're going to press. They're going to be able to wreak a little bit of havoc. And Castle Rock, um, is, it has Brooke Workla, who's probably the best player in the league. Yes. Uh, she, it, she can drop 30 on any given night, and um, you know she's a little bit of an undersized point guard. But in her sophomore year, uh, I expect pretty big things from, from the Castle Rock sophomore. So Okay, Meg, let's get into the must-see players. Who is who are the players that you would go pay to see? Didn't we talk about this? Was it two weeks ago? With How much the, I'd pay to see Caden Perry? Yes. What did I say? Twenty bucks? You said twenty five. Twenty five? Yeah. I think it's worth admission of twenty five is I mean, I could get into a Blazers game for twenty five bucks, Meg. It's pretty cheap, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you got to sit in the nosebleed. That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Higher the better, right? Um, I'm going to start with one player who um, unfortunately missed her junior season, um, but I think is poised to have a big year in her final year of high school ball, and that's Mason Oberg. And this is a player who was the starting point guard at Washougal her freshman year and really had kind of a historic year for a ninth grader at Washougal. And I remember watching her in a postseason game against Tumwater. I'm thinking, this kid can really shoot the lights out. And... She, she blows out her knee um, it, in the, uh, the offseason going into her junior year, and that was head coach Gary Mills's kind of incoming his first year at Union. And she's already off to a tremendous, tremendous start. There was one game against Hudson's Bay where she hit eight. She was eight of 12 from three-point range. And clearly her stroke has not been affected, but this is her, her really breakout year to shine, and, I'm, and I want to see how well she does with a year – not a year of rust per se, but just a year off of basketball. Right. And I was talking to Gary Mills, um, you know, in the early season, and he said, you know, sometimes when you come back from that ACL injury, it's it's about do you trust the knee? Do you mm-hmm. trust to cut? Do you trust going to attacking the basket? He said Mason is such a competitor, it doesn't even look like she thinks about it. And she does not wear it. a knee brace. Right. So she is just, you know, it's in the past and she's going after it and i she's going to have a a tremendous season um the other one of the other girls in the 4a gshl is i think the most fun player to watch in the area as far as girls basketball goes is katie penuetta Mm -hmm. at heritage she's coming off the off season in which she led uh samoa to the uh gold medal in the the pacific games and she's she was playing against 24 year old these are grown women yeah these are not 15 16 17 16 years old yes and she was starting yes she was a starter that has to be huge playing international experience like that against 
grown women. Right. And and she's just so talented inside, outside. She can handle the ball. She can shoot the three. She can dominate the interior. She's got some great post moves. And she's just a super mature player. She's she's just got a good head on her shoulder. She's she's more than willing to accept the leadership that she needs to have for Heritage to have a good season. And she's she's just you can tell when you talk to her, she just knows knows her role. And I think, you know, like I said, uh, when I was talking about Heritage, I think they're going to surprise some people because of what Katie Penuetta can do. No, she does. When you talk about that leadership role, and this is a kid who, kind of going back to what I was talking about Mason Obring in her freshman year, the very first game that Katie Penuetta played, she had a triple-double in high school. Who does that, right? Like, who does that? I can't think of any boys player in my 12 years of doing this who has ever done that in, in a game, let alone their debut game, 14 years old, playing high school ball. That is just unbelievable. And I knew this kid was going to be something special. You're right. She can handle the ball in the press. She can she can be that big post-up player in the five spot when she needs to be. She's so versatile. It's 6'2", but she does not play like she's 6'2". Right. She had this move, this, like, when I when I was taking photos for our winter tab, she had this move against Evergreen where she, like, almost James Harden-esque, she dribbled back and had, like, this drop step and then just, like, nailed the three and yeah. just kind of was like, wow. Like, that's what she can offer, and yeah. it's just really fun to watch she's, her play. She's for real. Um, who's our, who are some of the other players that, that you want to highlight here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, st- sticking with the 4A Graders at Helens League, and I touched on her a little bit ago, was, was Faith Bergstrom. And she's really a, a true post player. You know, she's 6'2". She doesn't maybe have that outside game that paid – Katie Pennywetta has at Heritage, but she is so effective and efficient, maybe 10 feet in. She has one of the softest shots I think I've seen covering high school basketball in my career. It's just, it's beautiful to watch. A tremendous free throw shooter. She's going to have a big, big season for Camus. Right. right. Um, in going down into that 3A GSHL, a player that I'm really looking forward to seeing how she handles the the workload is Allie Corral at Prairie. Yes. Is um, talking with, with her mom and her coach. Uh, she said, you know, She's led the team in assists the last three seasons. Freshman, sophomore, junior, she was the team leader in assists. That's pretty impressive. She said she'll probably still lead the team in assists, but now she has to score. She hasn't necessarily had to be a big-time scorer in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see how well she handles that load, and I think she's up to the task. She can definitely get into the paint. She can shoot the ball. I, I think, you know, a lot of Prairie's success is going to rest on her ability to start to score the ball a little bit more. It is, and I, and I touched on this earlier about how good of a defensive player she is, but I don't think she gets enough credit for how good of a shooter she is as well, especially from outside 18, 19 feet. She can knock those down. Right, so that's definitely one of the girls I'm looking forward to see. And, Meg, I'll let you touch on the final girl because we both know her name. Um, it's Jordan Ryan at Columbia River. Jordan Ryan, yes. Like I said, uh, four-year varsity player, three-year starting port guard. I will say this about Jordan Ryan. There was one play. Um, it was the district tournament game is when, when Columbia River was the five seed coming out of the two-way Greater St. Helens League against league champion Washougal at Washougal, and she went toe-to-toe with Beyonce B, and there was the, the final possession in the game that won it for Columbia River in the upset was Jordan Ryan going off Beyonce one-on-one. It was a beautiful move, and I'm thinking there's no other player in the league that can go one-on-one with a player caliber like Beyonce B and just dominate, and, and she did that. And she, she's a player that doesn't get a whole lot of recognition, not a notoriety. She's, she's very quiet, but she lets her game do the talking for her. So she's a tremendous player to watch, and that offense 
pretty much starts and, and goes with Jordan Ryan. More so than even her scoring ability or her defense or even the way she talks on the court is her passing ability. Mm-hmm. She runs the point, and I have never, you know, I watched her play against Skyview. I have never seen um, a high school basketball player on the boys' or the girls' side be able to pass as well as she does. She looks like Magic Johnson out there. Yes. Just her yeah. ability to drive and just seemingly see somebody out of the corner of her eye and just deliver a cross-court pass, you know, quick and, you know, right into the hands where that person can shoot and it right away. And her teammates – in. And that's where that trust comes from because they are in the perfect spots to get those passes. Right. She She's just really phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, player to watch. So if you, you're going to see anybody, you don't know who to go watch, check out one of those five girls. Um, they're, they're all going to be um, really fascinating to follow this season. And for some of them, for the next couple seasons, um, as, as Katie Penuetta and Faith Bergstrom all have, have more years under their belt. So. Um, That's going to be it for episode 19 of the Full Circle Podcast. Remember to check out our winter tab, uh, which came out a couple Sundays ago. It's also all online at 360preps.com. You can find all of our content there as well as on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 360preps. I am at JTHeart23 on Twitter. Meg is at Meg Wachnick. We will see you all uh, very soon. Life is never easy for those who dream. Robert James Waller.